you have to take stock of what you do and what you don't have. And I think most oftentimes the number one missing ingredient is self-acceptance. You know, I know I mentioned it earlier about you wake up and you're having a bad day, but instead of just saying, hey, it's okay to be where you're at right now, Tabby or Erica, we say, it's, ugh, I hate this. And you know, we just like fight our every emotion and we just try, try to put it, push it away from us and pretend it's not there. You'll hear from women, leaders, and mothers who are holding hands as we move through life's greatest transitions. Join us for The Rising. Hello. My conversation today with Tabitha, Tabby for short, was so much fun because she and I are both starting a podcast at the same time. So we have our individual projects. We talk a lot on this episode about why starting way before you're ready or before you understand the process of things is so important. And she really just gives a lot of insight and perspective to things that I have been struggling with in my business, in my relationships. She makes it seem so easy to tackle all of these problems. So I know whoever you are, you're going to glean some really important messages from this episode. And as soon as you finish, you can just continue listening to Tabby on her podcast, Tabby Talks. Don't worry, it's linked in the show notes and in the description here. Enjoy it. Long story short is, um, you know, I really, I really believe that, you know how people say like, it's not about how many times you fail. It's about how many times you get back up. Mm-hmm. And like, when I look back over, like, we'll just see the last 10 years of our life. I don't necessarily, I don't think of them as failures. It was just things that we did that just didn't quite pan out. And it was okay. Cause our expectations were sort of low, but like my husband and I started having, like, we started like a YouTube channel and he was teaching me how to play a video game. <laughs> and, um, and so that was our whole YouTube channel. And then we, Twitch. I don't know if you'd ever heard of Twitch before, but Twitch is like a streaming platform. Mm-hmm. And so we started like this Twitch channel and we just got to connect with people and it was over a video game. But then what I like discovered was that people were coming to watch us whenever we were going live. Mm-hmm. And then they were coming as they were like, they were telling us about their day and they were asking us about our day. And like, we pride prided ourselves mm-hmm. on having a really interactive we called it, it, it's a stream. We called it a puddle just because, you know, stream puddle, <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> and um, so, you know, people were coming and they'd be like, Hey, Mike, Tabby, how you doing? And yeah, we were playing a video game, but we were really just interacting with people and people mm-hmm. would ask us questions about like, and, and so like that kind of started like the idea of helping people like in a public way, mm-hmm. but naturally I've always been the go-to friend, the go-to family member, you know, when you're, they're struggling with something, they're saying like, Tabby, this is what's going on or blah, blah, blah. So after I sort of married the two, um, Mm. I decided I wanted to go to nursing school because in a logical, practical way to apply the things that you love to do with helping people, I feel like nursing just hits that right on the head, right? So I go to nursing school and go work in the field and everything is great. I love helping people like that. But when you help people 
as a nurse, you have to help them in a medical way per mm-hmm. guideline. And, and that's great because there's absolutely a, a, a time and a place for that. Mm-hmm. But I still was missing the element of helping people like the tabby way, you know, yeah. like my <laughs> way. And, um, and so I just kept feeling like people would tell me, Tabby, you, you're, you should be a psychiatrist. You should be a coach. You should, you should do this. You should do that. You should help people. And I'm like, no, who would want to listen? Like, no. And they're like, but we're listening. We listen to you all the time, you know? And so I started just thinking, I'm like, wow, I really do love doing that. I love helping people. And you know what? I don't really know what I'm going to say, but I'm just going to try to say it. You know, I didn't intend to help people any, I mean, I always want to intend to help people, but I didn't plan that I would make a difference on people's lives. And yet mm-hmm. people kept telling me I was making a difference. Yeah. So my podcast is, um, it's called Tabby Talks. And I think of it um, like, you know, like a pep talk. And I just like to, I kind of have like this image in my mind when I think of it. And it's just sort of like, I want to just be a little light in the dark, in the dark, you know, like uh, just like a little tea light candle, <laughs> like nothing big and, you know, out there, but um, just illuminating, trying to just spread a little bit of inspiration and motivation um, just to brighten people's day. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm going through the journey of everything. I'm podcasting myself. So I try to give advice and, um, but I also try to like live that advice. You know, I try to take it in and, and, uh, it's transforming me. So I feel like if I can transform me and tell you how I did it, then I can help other people sort of do that for themselves. Well, and that's what most people feel, right? It's like, well, I don't have anything to share. Yes. You know, I don't know. I'm not an expert in anything, but the truth is that we're all moving through these dips in our life and then overcoming them and navigating them. And we almost like make up the tools to better ourselves. And it is surprising because sometimes I feel the same way about like having kids. So if I have an idea with my children, I'm like, well, everybody probably knows this. Like there's so many moms. And then I think, well, no, I guess there's all these other moms that have great ideas that I've not thought of or Mm -hmm. ways to, you know, potty train. Yes. (laughs) Things like that. Oh, I know. (laughs) But yeah, and that's, I think for most people, they feel that they like have something to share, but they don't, you know, it's almost like, what exactly it doesn't feel tangible so like do I just start talking and then something will come out right and that's exactly it that's Mm -hmm. exactly it is that we have these self-limiting beliefs and you know just like when our kids start walking they don't take gigantic man steps, you know, like my husband is six, three, my three-year-old son never has, is not yet taking those steps. All of his steps started with small steps. Yeah. And you know, um, that is a hundred percent. One of the things I say so regularly, I, I posted it and, you know, um, again, I've talked about it on my podcast. I think one of the titles of my podcast is all big changes begin with small steps. Mm -hmm. And it's about that small voice. It's about, you know, if you think you have something to offer, it wasn't by accident, you know, you weren't thinking it for a reason. And if only we could just, just take a little step forward. You don't have to fully believe that you can do it, but just, just take that little step forward and see what Mm -hmm. happens. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Um, and, people really do show up in like the most miraculous ways. You know, I never expected to have so many people say such kind things to me, like Tabby, we love that you're doing this. Tabby, you're the, you know, and it's just, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh my goodness. Like, 
thank you. <laughs> you know, um, but you're right. It's just, it, I wish that every one of us could just accept when we have those thoughts, those little tiny thoughts, because those are the ones that if we think enough of those little tiny thoughts, it'll make up one big thing or a multiple big things, you know? Yeah. And it's very humbling to start something new that you don't have all those steps. So I think a lot of times we will say like, okay, I'm going to research and I'm going to get ready to get ready to start. And you're waiting until that. It's like you wait for the motivation and the inspiration to hit you. But the truth is that comes through the action. Right? Absolutely. Never before. <laughs> yes. Yes. It's, I, it's like, I mean, if you could just get out of my mind for a second, <laughs> we could actually have two different voices here. No, I'm kidding. Like, but literally that's exactly what a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like you can't wait to feel ready because yeah. if you're waiting on that feeling, it's, it, it might not ever come because right. the fear might always hold you back. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It's the action that starts to pave the path, you know, um, because you're right. We'll come up with a million reasons. I, even when I was thinking about my podcast or what I was going to be doing on Instagram, I, I just kept thinking, okay, you know what? I'm going to start in a month. And actually I did, you know, I did say, I'm going to start in a month. I'm going to take this next 30 days. And I think to go back, that's what it is giving yourself a plan and a framework to, to begin yeah. is okay, but pushing it off, procrastinating is an entirely different thing. And I mean, truly mm -hmm. saying, okay, I'm going to take 30 days to do all the research that I want. And whether I'm researched up to the point where I feel I'm ready or not, I'm going, you know, so yeah. you better get ready T, because this is the car we're getting in, you know? <laughs> um, and that's just sort of how I did it. And I can't tell, and I can keep telling everybody you will have success sorry about my pitter patter above if you're hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you have to just get going and, uh, that it, it, and keep going. Don't just, you can't, you gotta get going, but you gotta keep going. You gotta go still move forward. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, I, I kind of use the metaphor of like a plane taking off, which yes. I'm, I'm sure I did not make up on my own, but it's the idea that, <laughs> you know, you put in so much work in the beginning because, I'll use the podcasting for an example, because I, every skill I use right now to podcast, I had no clue, even what the words were. Like mm -hmm. I said, I'm going to, you know, put a podcast out. And I did the same thing, like 30 days out. I just sort of started telling people like, this is the date it's launching. So my husband's like, oh, cool. Well, like, where, where do you record a podcast? Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. But like people do it. And yes. I, don't, I don't think I'm the dumbest person. So yeah. I could probably figure it out. And yep. so like a plane taking off, you have to put in all of that work up front, right? You actually have to lift off. Yeah. And you see like, you just see such little return in the beginning that it's very easy to say, this is not working. Um, this even, you know, maybe this isn't giving me the satisfaction that I wanted. It's too hard. Yeah. Because it's like every little step is hard. And yes. now I mean, it used to take me like three hours to edit an hour long episode. And now it's like, as soon as we hang up today, I'm going to zip, zip, zip around and cut and it'll like probably be ready. Yes. In the next 30 minutes. And yeah, you're right. And the, and the, we're at cruising altitude. <laughs> yes, exactly. And you know what? I, that is a great metaphor. Um, and I think everybody can really understand, um, you know, 
can really make a, a visual picture of that. Mm-hmm. I, I think of driving all the time. Like that is what my, I use driving is the same, like a similar metaphor for basically the same thing, you know, about looking too far down the road, you can get into a crash. Looking in the rear view mirror, ah. you can get into a crash. Like you have to have your eyes focused just enough out in the distance to kind of get a gauge of what's going on. But the truth is, is you have no idea what's way, way down the road. You have no idea, you know, but if you keep focusing on, well, what's 10,000 miles out of my vision down the road, that's not going to help you in the moment. That's not going to help you do what you're doing now. Um, And so I, yes, it's absolutely true. And, you know, um, the other thing too is why this is so important for me too, is that I, I really, really, really believe that, you know, all you need to be the change you want to see in the world. Like it starts with you, you know? And so if something is driving you, you, everybody needs to sort of take inventory of, are you being driven because you're needing that outside assurance? Are you looking for, you know, it helps keep you motivated. It like, you know, you tell me, Hey, I listened to your podcast and it was really nice. Or that is helping. That is going to fuel my fire, but my fire isn't burning for your, the gratification. My fire isn't burning because I need somebody to tell me that I'm doing a good job because I'm not doing it for them. I mean, Mm -hmm. I am, but I'm doing it for me. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, so often we hear about being self-centered is such a bad negative connotation. Being arrogant is such a, you know, such a negative, being selfish has such a negative connotation, but there truly is a balance in doing something that's good for you. Because when you fill yourself up, then you have something to overflow and offer another person. You know, when you're doing what you're doing to help yourself, you can then overflow that love and happiness and joy and peace that you're experiencing and it can spill on to somebody else. Mm-hmm. But if you have an empty cup or an empty gas tank, <laughs> um, you know, you're on E, you can't take anybody anywhere. If you're depressed and anxious and sad and you're looking for people to fill up your cup with their overfill. It's never Mm -hmm. going to happen, you know? Um, so that's why when you are getting something going, yeah, just make sure you take in that positive, those Mm -hmm. positive things, let that add some fuel to your tank, but really it cannot be what's sustaining it because it takes hard work. It's a slow progression. You, it just, you just have to keep walking and then the doors will open over time, you know? So if you, if you don't go from a zero to hero, overnight, you have to maybe then step back and ask yourself, like, why did I start doing this to begin with? You know, were you doing it for people to tell you how great you were? Or are you doing it because you think you're really great and you're just trying to do something a little great? (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, and there's no, for a lot of things, there's no gratification from other people a lot of times for a long time. So um, I'm thinking of like writing a book. Think of like all the hours that go into writing a book that nobody cares because no one knows about yes. until you put it into the world. Yep. Um, and you get like tons of edits on it. I've yes. never written a book. The, no. My know. husband's in the process of trying really? it, so I'll let you know how it goes. Yes, I would love <laughs> you to report back because then, you know, most of the feedback you're getting in the process is constructive criticism or edits. Yeah. And so, yeah, you, you're waiting possibly years for some positive feedback and it's interesting in podcasting because if you put something on 
say Instagram stories. Like it's really easy for people to just message you and say, oh, I love this or give it a little like or a comment. But in podcasting, it's like you pour everything into it, you release it, you market it and people listen, but there's no like closing of that loop. So then there's so many podcasts I listen to that I am in love with but I've never reached out to tell them. I know. (laughs) And now I realize, oh my gosh, I really need to write them a love letter because (laughs) I listen to their voice almost every day. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You're right. You're absolutely correct. There is, you don't get instant gratification in any fashion and you're right. So many people listen and they're not subscribed or they find another way to listen, but that doesn't mean your message isn't being heard. And that doesn't mean you have to use yourself as an example. It's the best that I can't tell you how much I, I know exactly what you're talking about (laughs) when you say that, because I do it too. And I've listened to so many people that have been such an inspiration and uh, you're right. Uh, You you know, the feedback is awesome, but you can't rely on the feedback. Um, And one of my missions, and I'm working on it, and I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to find it out, dang it, or going to figure it out, is talking about, um, and I think I mentioned it when we had first spoke about this idea of uh, relation self. So like you're having a relationship with yourself. And um, something I can tell you, has been a tremendous help for me and the relationships that I have with people, including my husband, uh, which has, we've been married uh, for just about 14 years. We're about to celebrate in a couple of days, our 14 year wedding anniversary, which I'm super proud of. And we've been together for about 17 years. And in the beginning, you know, I guess there was sort of like this stereotype, um, which is never a good thing to start with. (laughs) Um, But that, you know, so oftentimes like the women are responsible for cleaning and cooking and doing this and this and this and this. And then, you know, the husbands, they go to work and then like come home and they don't do anything, (laughs) you know? And uh, we start to kind of get this laundry list of feeling unappreciated and, you know, you're at home cooking and cleaning all day. And then he comes home and kicks his shoes off and wants to sit on the couch. And all the while you're just stewing, right? You're like, he didn't even notice that this freaking house was clean. And you know, what the heck, man, you know, I bust my butt every day and I got the kids And before you know it, like this list of things. And he just had a really long day too, you know, and he came home and he wasn't, he didn't mean to make me upset. And, you know, and so in the beginning of our relationship, I, I remember like distinctly like having those moments and like, I was like mad at him and he didn't even know I was mad. And, you know, I'm like, and one day, like it just dawned on me, like, and I had some coaching, I, you know, some really great words of wisdom that had come through like this pastor that I, this church that I had newly started attending and then just some self-discovery and, Um, I realized that I was cleaning the house and cooking the food and, you know, slaving over whatever I thought I was slaving over and, you know, for him to say, great job for him to say, I appreciate you and love you and think you're the best wife in the world. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't fair. That wasn't the right expectation I should have had for him. That isn't the right expectation you should have for anybody because we don't just do it with our husbands or our children or our, you know, we do it with our parents and our, you know, it goes on and on and our friends, you know, if, if, if we do this, then they must do this. Um, And that's a great idea that all of us would always be aware of how we should reciprocate and respond. But then you add that human element, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whatever it is. I mean, everybody knows that human element. 
And so I figured out that I really like living in a clean house and I really, really, really like eating good food. And I love knowing that the food I prepared is giving nutrition to my family because I feel a responsibility that I've taken on myself to provide good quality meals for them. And when I started to do things because I wanted to do them, then when I did get the compliment, like, babe, the house looks awesome. I was like, woohoo, I know it does, but thank you. You know, it just was the topper on the cake. No, the topping was already on the cake. I gave it. This is like the a la mode ice cream on the side, you know? Um, And so this, that is really the premise of having a relationship with yourself is truly doing things because you want to do that. And I know that that's hard sometimes. I know that we feel obligated to have this laundry list, including laundry. (laughs) Um, and as, as moms and women and, you know, husbands and everyone has that, that burden that they bear for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. But if you bring yourself into alignment and start doing things for yourself, everything else is just a benefit, you know? Um, and yeah, that's kind of my, my, my take on, I do things because I want to do things and it might be, it sounds selfish, but I do it because I don't want to have that expectation for money. I don't want the outside world to fill my cup. I want to fill my cup, you know? Uh, I just had this conversation. Well, I, I think I put it on Instagram and then it turned into a conversation with a lot of people about um, other people's expectations are none of your, they're not your responsibility. Yes. So it's the same thing. Like you have no idea what people are expecting of you and they have no idea what you're expecting of them and there's a very big difference between communicating expectations and just hoping and wishing for them absolutely absolutely and it reminded me of um lisa nichols is her name have you heard of her by chance i'm not okay but i'm so excited i'm gonna write it down because i want to (laughs) know um she has a book called abundance now okay she's like the very first personal development person I ever listened to, but she talks like finance and business and your relationship with yourself. And she has a really good talk, which I'll put in these, the show notes as well, but she has a good talk. And she says, um, like I woke up and I liked myself today. So your like is extra. Yeah. Awesome. Going out for that approval. Yes. I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Just reminded me of that. (laughs) Yeah. I, and it's, it's so funny. Like even when I was thinking about exactly how I wanted to say uh, what I wanted to say today and you know, you want, I didn't want to overthink it. um, Mm -hmm. But I was thinking, you know, every one of us wakes up sometimes like on the wrong side of the bed, you know, and not anybody's fault. You didn't sleep. Who knows? Sometimes I don't even know why I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, but I just did, you know? And I don't like that. I don't, I don't like the fact that I woke up on the, on the wrong side of that. I don't like feeling grumpy. I don't like feeling any of that. And I thought about like, how nice would it be if my husband just knew that I was not on the right side of the bed this morning. And if he just looked at me and said, babe, it's okay to be where you're at today. I love you. You're beautiful. And whatever you're feeling is fine. Right. How awesome would it be if he looked at me and said that? Well, I can look at me and say that I can stop and say, Hey, babe, you're beautiful. It's okay. You know, it's, there's nothing wrong with where you're at. And then when you do, but, but oftentimes we beat ourselves up about it. We're like, 
I don't know. You know, I, I don't know why I feel so grumpy and, you know, or we're not even aware of the fact that we're grumpy at all. And then we just deflect, you know, everybody else is just adding to that. But, um, I beat myself up when I don't feel the way that I want to feel. I, I used to, and still do, you know, I get on myself like, Tammy, why can't you just not beat yourself up? Why can you not feel whatever you're feeling, you know? And if I just stop and go, it's okay. I get past it, you know? And, um, so I love that, that Lisa Nichols thing. And I am going to definitely look into it, but yes, I mean, yes, what she said is absolutely correct. And it's how I feel. <laughs> when with children too, I was thinking this about like, just allowing yourself to feel that way and saying like, it's okay that you feel this way. This happens a lot with our toddler that when he gets upset about something, our immediate thought is to deflect or distract him. So it's like, oh, okay, no, you're upset about not having that, but like, look what's over here. Yes. It's easier, but it doesn't really teach any skills, <laughs> right? You're right. You're a hundred percent right. Which I feel like is parenting. You're like, you have the easy route or you have the like, lesson learning, character building route. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that's really challenging too. If one parent has that idea, that mentality that you're going to let your child feel how they feel mm -hmm. because you, they're human, <laughs> you know, they're just little, they're still human. They have all the rights that we do in terms of, um, you know, needing that time to work through whatever doesn't feel right. Um, and, but yes, um, society, other parents, our internal beliefs is that when your kid is throwing a tantrum, they're bad. They're doing something that they're not supposed to be doing. Um, and, you know, my husband and I, <clears throat> so we have two children. Uh, one is 17 and one is three. Mm -hmm. And it's a 17-year-old girl and a three-year-old boy. And <laughs> our 17-year-old girl, she was just like, anything you could have dreamed for in a child. And she made me feel like I had the most awesome parenting skills. Yes. You know, we were, we had it in the bag on this whole parenting business and I'm surprised we didn't reproduce sooner. Um, and I say that in jest, um, you know, everything happens for a reason. We did try to, we had a couple of miscarriages along the way. Um, and then we got Jonathan mm -hmm. and boy, does he challenge our every being and our every nerve, our every boundary, which is something we were so unaccustomed to because again, we thought we were awesome. You know, we mm -hmm. thought we had this figured out. Um, so the more I've like had to expand and try to find a way, how can I work through this? What do I need to do for me so that I can help guide him? Um, it's been, you know, with that realization of like letting your child go through what they're going through, you know, let them grow through what they're going through. Um, and you know, it's, it is, it is challenging when you don't have, when you come from a former way of thinking and, you know, it's, I've, the great thing is, is when I have had to implement the, instead of, unfortunately, I feel bad about it, but it is what it is. I've learned from it. Um, and I did put, tell him, Hey, you're going to go in your room. And when you're done crying, you can come back out, you know, um, instead of saying to him, Hey man, I'm right here. I yeah. love you. Do you want a hug? And he'll be like, no, I'm like, okay, just so you know, mommy's here. And if you'd yeah. like my help, we'll get through this. And he's done like a minute later, you know, mm -hmm. it lasted so much longer when I was trying to, to push away his emotions, you know, and now that I really embrace them, 
you'd think it would be the opposite. You think if you pound your fist and get tough, you know, you're going to, your kid's going to, you know, listen and conform, I guess you could say is the word. Um, And just allowing them to be who they are. I'm hoping I'm, I'm hoping I'm doing it right. I'm hoping that he'll get some awesome coping skills from this and deal with his emotions and accept himself as, um, you know, an adult. Uh, but I guess we're going to see, but I believe that it's got to be the good, a good step in the right direction. Oh yeah. We do the exact same thing you were just saying. We, he says he doesn't want to hug. He's like so mad. It's even if he does, like, even if my son does something like falls down on his own, He's like embarrassed and he runs away and he screams at me. And then, yeah, a couple seconds later, he like has, you know, his head down and he comes over and just wants a big hug and sit on my lap. And, (laughs) but a lot of things like that we say, just kind of like that, you know, just go into your room when you're done crying, you can come out. It's almost like I say things similar to that sometimes. I'm like, where did that even come from? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Why do we think that when something bad is happening, the first thing to do is like remove our love or remove the person who's like the one who knows how to navigate the situation? Like, yeah. go deal with this by yourself. You know, yeah. I don't know. It's been so helpful because when I was pregnant and then postpartum, you know, I had all of these like erupting emotional moments as well because you're sleep deprived and your hormones are yes. you know trying to balance and all that stuff and so now I see in my son I'm like oh I feel you man I'm yes. actually surprised at how well adjusted you are and that you're not on the floor more <laughs> right I feel like I have more breakdowns than my toddler yeah yeah, yeah. I know I know the feeling. You can't act right if you don't feel right. If you don't have sleep, you don't feel right. How can you act right? Yes, I know. They are. I do the same thing as I, when I get upset, I'll like move to another side of the house and go be by myself. And then my husband will like come knock on a door. He's like, do you want to be left alone? I'm like, no, I, (laughs) I just want a hug. I just want you to be with me. And he's like, interesting. Okay. Like I'm coming in. I'm like, yes. How did you not already know this? Why did you think I wanted to be alone with a locked door? <laughs> was it the ten feet that I or ten hundred feet that I put in between us that signaled you to not come? <laughs> no, I know, I I know, and you're right. Like that is really where I don't know where that comes from. Honestly, I mean, I'm sure we could analyze because I'm sure it's not too difficult. I mean, I feel like even going back as far as like probably the '40s and '50s, I feel like that's quantifiably a time where we can all agree that men were supposed to act like men and, you know, women were supposed to act like women and we were supposed to know our roles and, you know, men only did manly things and men didn't get in touch with their emotions. And, you know, these same dispositions that however they came about, every generation is having children and, you know, whether they liked some of those beliefs or they didn't, sometimes I don't necessarily like the things from my childhood, but mm-hmm. when I don't know what else to do, you know, when you are in a moment where you're like, I don't know how the heck to handle this, you go to something that's familiar mm-hmm. and, you know, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I can yeah. tell you like, yes, exactly. So you go to what something is familiar and feels safe and good to you. 
even if it's not at the time, even if you're like, I never wanted to be in this position. I never wanted to say those words. I never wanted to act those way. And, you know, it gives a little bit of, um, you know, it helps though, because it expands your mind and realize like you parents may not have always been wrong, but at the same time, they didn't, they weren't necessarily, they didn't have to necessarily be right, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, but just when you're in a situation, you reach to what's familiar. Um, and yeah, I'm really trying to personally, I'm personally, when I feel like this scenario and the environment around me, I do need a moment to like, try to get back in alignment with myself. You know, when I feel really stressed out and I start to feel anxious and everything is going on and it's all so big, I do need a moment just to recenter and realign and re-come back into that higher self so that then I can put my input. Because when he is screaming and who knows what else is happening, the world is falling apart, you know? Um, I, I mean, it's so easy to get like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then how am I really supposed to be able to help guide him when I can't even see straight, literally or figure and figuratively. Mm-hmm. So by just taking a second and breathing and yeah. just like coming back and go, okay, what do I need to do right now? That's going to make me feel better. And yelling at my son and putting him away or telling him to go in his room and deal with this isn't really what I want to do. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to grab him and bring him closer and tell him, okay, what can we do? What, how can we fix this? You know? Um, but when you're in that moment and things, stress feels so high, it's almost impossible to act the way you want to act, you know? Um, and so we do do those things that maybe have always been there or, you know, perpetuated for TV and whatever we see, you know? I was just talking to my sister about this because she's newly pregnant. Oh, congrats. Thank you. I know. I'm so excited. I'm going to be an auntie because <laughs> I told my two sister, I was like, okay, I've given you a niece and a nephew. So like, <laughs> it's your turn. <laughs> and we were talking about discipline and, oh gosh, where was I going with this? Oh, oh we were talking, go ahead. No, I left. <laughs> Um, we were talking about how doing things that maybe from, because it feels familiar to you. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that was where the train was. Oh, okay. I got it. Um, we were talking about when like parents will say, you know, oh, of course you yell at your kids sometimes. And I was telling her, like, I really have never yelled at my children. I just never have raised my voice. Um, it's not really like my go-to thing anyway. I've never done it with my husband, but I do kind of think to, okay, why is it that I can control my emotions? And it is having the tools. So I think that when you're looking at disciplining or, and I use that discipline kind of in quotes, but um, like changing the behavior of a child, it's a whole lot easier and more effective to look at the way that you're behaving. Yeah. Like you said, if, if you can be conscious enough of yourself getting worked up to take a step back, to breathe, to just align yourself, then you're coming into that situation and you set the tone, right? Like you yes. are the adult. And I mean, we see it all the time with both of our kids, even really newborns. Like if the chaos is rising in the room, then the kids are going to be losing their minds too. Yeah. Yep. I'm with you. You are. I know. Yep. You're so right. Old. My daughter, when she was an infant, my husband to calm her down, he would just like get himself calm 
and then he'd take her and hold her to his chest like skin mm -hmm. to skin and he would take the deep breaths and it's yeah. why it's like three breaths and she's regulates herself and she's calm it's yeah. so wild how effective it is it is it is i tell my son i'm like we need to take our breath and he'll be like no i'm like mm -hmm. no, come on take just take two breaths just take two breaths i'm like all right let's do one more slower and deeper do you feel yeah. better yeah i'm like all right let's go you know so yeah. even he knows now i wish we did the breathing when he was younger mm -hmm. <laughs> but it's he's so far ahead because there's plenty of grown men who lose their shit and don't yes. know how to breathe and don't know how to regulate their emotions and um it's true I mean, it's not really a problem because nobody cares when men lose their minds but you know and it's it's so funny is i actually grew up i have three brothers um and and very quickly i grew up in a household where the men in my household lost their temper all the time. And um, even though I was by far the calmest one of all of us, um, <clears throat> I still had a, a, had seen a lot of times that if you lose your temper, it's okay. Yeah. Um, and not that I, I'm, I'm, I'm very, I need a lot to get me to the point of yelling as well. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so, but I always saw that if you did yell and say things that you didn't mean, that it was forgiven you know, that it would be okay. And we would pretend like nothing happened. And, um, my husband, his father <clears throat> was, uh, not, a, he didn't lose his temper often, but occasionally he had some scenarios, but, uh, my husband had a younger brother and his younger brother would, he was the baby of the family. He would antagonize my husband all the time. And he would like he, my husband talks about it and it sounds terrible, but he would like throw pens at my husband and like anything he could do to just make his big brother mad. Yeah. Well, and his parents had a rule that Mike, my husband was not allowed to hurt his little brother. Mm -hmm. So when you're angry and you are seeing red, the hardest thing to do is to not explode. The hardest thing to do is to take a minute and show restraint because we can't operate up here. Again, it goes back to that same concept. So we were having this conversation with his mom. It was like last weekend and mm -hmm. we were talking about that. And, she, and he, Mike said, yeah, you guys never let me, you know, you never, you always said I couldn't give it back to him kind of thing. Yeah. And my husband is the exact opposite of what I was raised with. Mm -hmm. He is, he never raises his voice. He's never punched a hole in the wall. He, he doesn't swear and he doesn't say hurtful things and he gets mad, but he doesn't get mad like that. Yeah. And very early on in our relationship, I can account two times that I act like a total fool <laughs> and I just lost my stuff <laughs> in conjunction with what I had been raised with. And it was few, they were, I'm telling you two times. <laughs> Um, they were years apart. Um, and the second time I did it, my husband just would not give me back the satisfaction of lowering himself to my standards. You know, he would not, he would not, he just was calm and withdrawn. I mean, I say he did withdrawal. He, he took himself. He was like, I'm not going there. Um, and it really just helped me go, I'll never do this again. I'm never going to act like that again. I'm never going to say those things. And just because I saw it's not okay that I, you know, continue to do it. Um, and I was so thankful. And I think that because my 
husband's parents, I think that that was a big hand in why my husband has the ability to have such self-control when he's feeling so out of, you know, like he, I don't think he ever gets out of control, lucky him. But, um, (laughs) you know, I just think that it was because his parents would not allow him to exercise that normal thing that you let your siblings in my house, my siblings were allowed to beat each other up. It didn't matter. You know, they encouraged it in a way. Um, and Mike's parents didn't. And I thought about that, like, wow, that's kind of profound. I really think that part of the reason Mike is so able to control himself during those times is because his parents never allowed him to give in to that lesser, you know, emotion, I guess you could say, or the out raged emotion of anger <clears throat> so it's interesting <laughs> you know um, about- also, like we want to be able because there's there's almost yes. like a healthy and an in-house right because yeah you don't want to have someone because I'm kind of this way where I just like stuff everything in and I'm like uh, I'm good I'm good I'm good I'm good and then something triggers and then it's the explosion, right? Yeah. So you want to be able to like be working through with those healthy coping mechanisms, <laughs> skills. And yeah, it's hard. You have to do a lot of self-reflection to be able to like model it, parent it. Yep. Well, if you haven't been able to tell, I'm extremely long-winded. And fortunately <laughs> for my husband, we've been able to talk about how withdrawing and shutting down is not a healthy (laughs) expression of um, things either. And after 17 years of me, he's come a long way in that regard. You know, he's, uh, he's much more open to discussing the things that frustrate him. Um, So, but you're right. Like all or nothing is never, isn't usually a good thing. You know, if you're all ways yelling and becoming whatever, or you're not ever like there's, it's about the balance. It's about accepting the fact that anger is a normal human emotion. That's it's okay to feel angry. It's yeah. not okay to punch a hole in the wall when you're angry. It's not okay to inflict fear, inflict pain or fear onto another human being because you're angry. That's not okay. You know, but if you, but you're right. Like you, there's a, you have to be able to find that balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes so much work. I mean, we could just go on and on and on with one emotion and, you know, and, and that's true for all of the emotions and, yeah. you know, yeah, I heard from a preschool teacher, we were talking about, you know, how at like a preschool age, kids are handling their emotions so differently and they're being taught different things and they just react different ways. And, I was saying to this teacher, like, you know, do you worry about children who seem to be overreacting or that are, you know, still at maybe five years old having these really big temper tantrums? And she said, no, I worry about the ones who are perfect. So the ones that that cannot (laughs) release that emotion at all. Yeah. Because, yeah, I mean, what, if you have the emotion, you're going to let it out somehow. And the only way that you can process it and find better ways to do that is with practice. And so if you're stuffing it all in or you're, you know, the perfect child, and there's probably a lot more to that than just good man. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. You have to be tested. That's the only way that you really get a chance to implement them. You know, I think, and I, I know that this isn't a me thing. I've heard it. And it said like, if you pray to God for patience, 
you're going to get, you're going to, your life is going to be filled with chances to practice patience, you know? So, you know, you have to be able to implement it when it counts, you know, um, because, but it, it, it does start with having those conversations before, you know, planning is always a good thing. Like if you can talk about how you're going to deal with something the next time you do get angry, then hopefully the next time you do get angry, you already have that preset setting in your brain that goes, okay, I said to myself, the next time I got angry, I was going to walk away and count to 10, you know, or, you know, whatever it is, um, to each their own. Um, but it is, it's about filling up that tool bag with the things that you have to, but you have to, you have to address it. You know, you have to be aware of it. You have to decide that you want to make a change, um, and then work on in your, not in the middle of whatever you're experiencing, work on it so that you can be to, you know, lay the groundwork so that it's there for you when you actually need it. Yeah. This is so good. You are good at advice. Ah, you're so sweet. Thank you. Thank you. Now, anyone who's listening, you have to reach out to us and tell us that you actually enjoyed this episode. Don't just think it in your head. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We want to hear. And you know what? If you want to just go ahead and just yell it at us, we're not going to be upset this time. We'll help you with your coping skills. Yes, yes. There's the difference between like passionate and out of control, right? <laughs> indeed, indeed, there is. It absolutely is. <laughs> this was so good. Was there anything else you want to make sure we cover? Um, you know what? Yes, I do. And thank you for asking. Um, the only thing I I think it goes back to everything that we've been talking about um is when it comes to self-love. Um first first know that it's important to just start where you're at Mm -hmm. because, you know, self-love, self-care, self-worth, all of those things, somehow we gave gave ourselves this idea that if we're lacking something, then we will be complete when we get here, right? So like, okay, I don't love myself as much as I could, but when I lose 25 pounds, then I'll start to love myself. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, then I'll have more self-worth. Then I won't mind, you know, this or that. Um, And I can't tell you that while if you really commit to losing the 25 pounds or doing what it is that you're setting yourself out for, when you get there, absolutely, you're probably going to have a victory to celebrate. You're going to feel good. But the feeling of good isn't sustainable to keep up a real life change. And any real change begins with self-love. It's, it starts with like that self-desire to want to make a change because you love yourself so much. You want to give yourself what's best. So you want to be in a state of health because you love yourself so much, you know? Um, and so I guess one of the things that I'm trying to refine and it's sort of my new tangent that I'll be spending the next hundred hours focusing on, um, is that just you get started today, decide that you're going to love yourself today. Don't wait for the X, you know, don't wait for the fill in the blank to happen before you start that love process. Um, and you know, the other thing is I kind of, I like our metaphors and I love that you introduced it with the airplane um, because my other metaphor for like self-love and care and all of those awesome self-words is, um, you know, if you think of like 
your kitchen and you go to your cupboard because you want to make a recipe and you go through your cabinets and you know you need this and this and this in order to have that. Well, in order to have self-love and self-worth, you have to have things in your cabinet. And the only problem and the difference is, unlike when you're making a recipe, you can't get it by going to the store. You can't get it by asking your husband to go get it and bring it back to you. You know, you have to take stock of what you do and what you don't have. And I think most oftentimes the number one missing ingredients is self-acceptance. You know, I know I mentioned it earlier about you wake up and you're having a bad day, but instead of just saying, Hey, it's okay to be where you're at right now, Tabby or Erica, we say, it's, I hate this. And, you know, we just like fight our every emotion and we just try try to put it or push it away from us and pretend it's not there. And then if somebody asks us, Hey, is everything okay with you? No, something's wrong with you, you know? Um, so, (laughs) you know, it just, it can't be that way. It really needs to be, um, you know, just, just accept yourself for who you are right now, right this very second, because when you start to do that, everything else will start to fall into place. You know, when you can accept that, gosh, I could go on forever. I'm not even kidding. And I won't, but I I can think back to so many times where I've just beat myself up for no reason. I thought that I wasn't doing the right thing. I judged myself and asked myself, why can't you just stick with one job? Why, why can't you just be happy with not doing a podcast? You know, why did I do that to myself? Why didn't I just say, why? Well, you're not happy doing it. So go do something else happily, you know? Um, and so self-acceptance will lead to self-love and self-worth and self-confidence and all those self-loving words. Yeah. It's beautiful. And for everyone that wants more, you're just going to head on over to Tabby Talks. Thank you. Yes. absolutely. And we'll definitely link that in the notes too, awesome. where people can connect with you and your Instagram and all that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. And this was so awesome. And I was nervous and I've listened to like your other podcasts and I was like, she's so conversational. Like you, it, it I don't even know why I have to be like even a little bit nervous because I can talk about this stuff all day. I mean, I you're like, Tabby, I know you can. <laughs> well, it's me too because we had our like initial our pre-interview, and I just like we were hiking with the family, and I just jumped in the car. I was like, "Okay, oh. hi, let's do this." And I can always tell from the pre-interview. I was like, "Great, this person is extremely easy to talk to," and I must have to cut myself off at that thirty-minute pre-interview <laughs> time. <laughs> My husband's like, "Are we still walking?" I'm like, "I'm just hanging out. Give me a minute." This is my new friend. (laughs) 